blue sky shining at me. The clouds are grinning at the beginning. Nothing but blue skies do I see. I've seen a few skies, the best of blue skies. Blue birds, technicolor sparrows, singing a song. Nothing but bluebirds all day long. It's getting monotonous, throw me a robin. <laughs> Never saw the sun shining so bright. Never saw things going so right. Noticing the days hurrying by when you're in love. My, how they fly. Sing it, things day. Bending on it. Blue it's days, all of them gone. Gone, gone. Nothing but blue. I can't follow you that. Come on, let's hock our raincoats. And our umbrellas. And our galoshes. Let's don our sunsuits. Blue sky. Up above well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. We have a real treat in store for you tonight on the Bing Crosby Show. Jimmy Durante is his guest. And I'll just read you a few things uh, that were published at the time about Jimmy Durante's appearance on this show. This is from Variety, December 11, 1946. Jimmy Durante hypoed the Bing Crosby Philco show into easily the best since the debut program when Bob Hope guested. Crosby needs a sprightly comic to give the proceedings the bounce which is so necessary. And I think that's pretty true. Uh, they're definitely changing for this latter part of the season, uh, regrouped a little bit and decided to feature more comedy and more entertainment value. Uh, and less of the um, straight music that they've been having uh, previously. Uh, and then here is from the Jimmy Durante book, His Show Business Career, page 125. It says, Bing Crosby always had a great love for Jimmy Durante and enjoyed doing vaudeville routines with him. Durante appeared as a guest on Crosby's Philco Radio Showtime five times from 1946 to 1949 on ABC. The funniest of those guest appearances was Crosby's show of December 4th, 1946. Durante tried to sing Bing's theme song, where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day and I Surrender, Dear, as a duet. Bing, for his part, tackles Durante's theme song, You Gotta Start Off Each Day With a Smile, with a song, I mean, as part of a duet and bravely sings without um, help Durante's I'm Jimmy, the well-dressed man, changing it to Crosby, the well-dressed man. The show closes with both singing Blue Skies. Um, what a fun, fun show to present. Hope you're going to enjoy it. And then after that, we're going to have the Dennis Day show. And after that, the Mel Blanc show. So enjoy all three, and we'll see you next time. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for... Not you, Jimmy. Someone waits for me.
Ken Carpenter welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter, his orchestra and chorus, the charioteers, Skitch Henderson, and the dynamic star of our show... Thank you, Ken. You're a gentleman and a carpenter. Thank you. <laughs> now, just a second here, Mr. Durante. When I invited you over here tonight, I asked you to drop in, not move in. You... Hey, you got me standing up here with egg on my face. You're too fast. Wait a minute, Bingo and Radio, you gotta be fast. I tuned at the Bob Hope show Thursday night. Thursday night? No, Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night. Once a week is enough for that type of show. Please don't correct me. I'm public. <laughs> you know, no, Bingo and Radio, you gotta be fast. That's right. I tuned at the Bob Hope show Tuesday night, and believe it or not, Hope got six laughs before the audience was through applauding Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Bob Hope, Bob. Oh, that name rings a bell somewhere. I can't just play Yeah, you know, uh, he's that comedian with the odd-shaped nose. Oh, that one. A ghastly thing. <laughs> well, I tell you, Jimmy, that whirlwind technique, that's all right for Rapid Robert, but around here we move at a more leisurely pace. Leisure is taboo. Yes? On radio, you got to get rolling. How do you start this show off? Well, the vocal group is here, and if the kids are ready, we're going to skip through a bright little tune called A Gal in Calico. Calico is also taboo. It ain't glamorous. If you're going to do a swing tune, it ought to be about a girl in a beautiful evening gown. Strapless? Certainly not. You've got to have something to swing on. <laughs> I think this will swing all right, James. You just stand by. A gal in calico down in Santa Fe used to be her Sunday bow till I rode away. Do I want her? Do I want her love? Yes, sirree. Will I win her? Will I win her love? Wait and see. Working with a rodeo, go from town to town. See most every kind of gown, every kind of gown, but who made my heart sing? Yippee, hippie, oh, my little gal in calico. You can have your gals dressed in silk and satin, those who drape the shape and grape the sheet. Take your city gals who go around my hat and think, and they look swell in velveteen. When they're wrapped in sable, we're not able to imagine how they look. I'm just a country boy, and any country boy knows a fancy cover doesn't make a fancy book. Knows a fancy cover, doesn't make a book. I'll take my gal in Calico, Calico. down in Santa Fe. Santa Fe, Santa Fe. I guess I'd better let her know that I feel this way. Is she waiting? Is she waiting? She better be. Am I hoping to be roping her? Yes, sirree. I'm gonna quit the rodeo. rodeo. Gonna settle down. Buy a bolt of calico. Or a wedding gown. Then will I fence her in? Yippee, ho ho. My little gal in calico. Yippee, yippee, oh. Little gal calico. Yippee, 
That was Gallon Calico, the big tune in Warner Brothers' sprightly musical, The Time, The Place, and The Girl. Romantic thought. Ah, but Bing, wouldn't it be more romantic if you had the time, the place, and uh, Philco? Oh, you're leaving out the best part, the young lady. Well, those Philcos really get the gals. You mean you can ride down the street in the Philco and whistle out of it and get some action? (laughs) Hmm? No, not exactly, Bing, but, uh, well, you take that Philco 1201. Now, there's a really new kind of radio phonograph where you just put a record in the slot and it plays. Now, that obviously attracts a more favorable type of attention than just whistling. Have you made competitive tests in front of Hollywood High? Mm. Well, not with the 1201, well, Bing, for uh, outdoor there. dating. The new Philco Portable has greater appeal. It's really a powerhouse. Besides, it's light and compact and uses the same type tubes as the Army's walkie-talkie. Now, just suppose the time were next summer and the place, a canoe. Can't you visualize the big play you'd get with the gal if you had a Philco Portable along? Well, can it paddle, too? Oh, sure. <laughs> Anyhow, it's a little chilly for canoeing so close to Christmas time, Ken. I think folks are more interested in what you're offering for indoor listening. Oh, it's a cinch, Bing. This Christmas, you'll find the biggest selection of new Philco radios and radio phonographs since before the war. Give any one of them, and you're sure of giving the newest thing in radio from Philco, the leader. Once again, romance raises its comely kisser in a new tune, a tune entitled, And Then It's Heaven, John. A dream is just a dream Until I dream of you And then it's heaven A kiss is just a kiss Until I'm kissing you And then it's heaven The ordinary things I always do with you Become the most important things I'll ever do And words are only words Till you say I love you And then it's heaven A dream is just a dream A dreaming of you And then it's heaven a kiss is just a kiss, a kiss in you. And then it's heaven. The ordinary things I always do with you become the most important things I'll ever, ever do. Words are only words Till you say I love you And then It's heaven Nice singing, bingo, nice singing 
Albeit the temper was slightly lethargic. <laughs> lethargic. But, Jimmy, that's the only way to sing a love song. Especially to a girl, you've got to snuggle up and you hum softly right into her ear. That's all right for guys like you. But me, I can't get that close to a dame. <laughs> but, Bing, don't misunderstand me. All right, Jimmy. I'm just trying to give you some constructive criticism. You see, I'm considered quite a radio doctor. Oh, that's nice. What shows have you fixed up lately? You know that program, Stella Dallas? Yeah, that's a good show. What did you change? I moved Stella to Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of them. Very clever. Say, by the way, uh, have you taken the temperature of the Durante Moore show lately, James? Please. Besides, who ever heard of a doctor cutting out his own appendix? It's a fine way to talk about Gary Moore. But <laughs> Fire away, Doctor. We're wide open for suggestions. We well, the first thing a radio program has to have is a good studio audience. I got a great audience here. Very true, very true. But I noticed some copying critics have said that I get my studio audience through bribery and threats. I want to brand that statement as a tissue of prefabrications. <laughs> Jimmy, tell us, how do you get your studio audience? Well, my studio audience consists of a group of people who were walking along Sunset Boulevard when suddenly they fell through a trap door. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, I go out in the street and get mine with a ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> and furthermore, we offer no inducements to come to our show. Oh, of course not. Our tickets merely read the Durante Moore program. Tonight, only one free Cadillac to each customer. <laughs> Shake all around. What else do you do to build up a show? I use the Durante system of personality training. Let me hear this. I take some talented young person and do everything I can to build up his career. I give him a nice place to live in, plenty to eat, plenty to drink, finest of clothes. In fact, I cater to his every whim. Who have you done this uh, for so far? Me, and I'm very grateful. <laughs> Then I start giving voice lessons. Oh, that's so? Tell me, who are some of your other pupils? John Charles Thomas, to name a few. <laughs> I didn't get that out clear enough. That's I gotta fair. pronounce that's it again. Fair. That's all right. John Charles Thomas, to name a few. That's better. And of course, that eminent crooner, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, what did you do for him? Nothing. I came too late. The damage was already done. <laughs> Your hand. Well, how does your system of voice training compare with the continental method of diaphragmatic control of the laryngeal cartilage which produces stentorian as well as mellifluous vocal gyrations? I missed a great opportunity to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but the Durani system can be summed up in one word. Pace. Temple. Listen. Here I am. Let me hear that off. Let me hear it. You've got to start off each day with a song. Oh, sing it, Jimmy Boy. Sing it for the heart Why, you can feel better You even look better I'm here to tell you that you'll be a go-getter Now the way that you shake my hand Give me five, Jimmy Boy Well, tell me how I stand Now isn't it better to go through life with a smile and a song Than walking around with a face 11 miles long Now you know that you can't go wrong <laughs> Singing now. Now, even when things go wrong, Jimmy, you're a wild. Why, you 
feel better. Let me hear those violins. Let's hear the violins. Music is, does something to me. I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> Only the other day I was telling Umbriago about my latest concerto called Tony's Pushcart. He said, Tony's Pushcart, how does it go? I said, it doesn't go, you have to push it. Uh -huh. <laughs> got a million of them. Now you know that you can't go wrong. Yeah, 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 Now you have yeah. to start off each day with a song. You yeah. gotta start off each day with a song. Oh, with a song. Now even when things go wrong. Things go wrong. Mr. Crosby, but... I can do without that echo. <laughs> but bingo, I'm in great voice tonight. You it reminds me lovely. of the last recital I gave at Carnegie Hall. Yeah? It was delightful chamber music. And they came for miles around. Who came? Chambermaids. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me hear that band. Hit it. Now you know that you can't go wrong. Not much. Why, if you start off each day with a song. Thank you, Bing. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Bing, and I'm glad you jumped in there. Why? Who knows? We may turn out to be another Nelson Eddy and Jeanette McDonald. <laughs> I don't think there's enough hair between the two of us to play either part. <laughs> Anyhow, Jimmy, you, you're quite a piano thumper. I know that ragtime Jimmy they used to call you. I'd like you to meet a lad who does uh, our piano work around the place here. Just a minute. Before I meet anyone, who does he play with? What's his background? Why, this fellow's played with the New York Philharmonic, the Boston Symphony, the Paris Conservatory of Music, and at Carnegie Hall. Can't hold a job very long, huh? <laughs> However, James, I want you to say hello to Skitch Henderson. Hello, Stitch. Skitch. Hello, Mr. Durante. <laughs> Why, this boy's a blonde dromish. <laughs> a male Betty Hutton. <laughs> Betty's much more vital than I am. Oh, I don't know about that, Skitch. I believe you've had your moments... Yeah, but they don't last long enough. <laughs> Before this discussion begets too adult, I think you'd better slink over to the Steinway, see what you can find for us on the black and whites. Jimmy, you go over and curl up on the music rack and relax. Mr. Henderson's selection is going to be stumbling. One of my favorites. I shall bore a hole in my head and listen with an open mind. <laughs> I guess that augurs well for its success. <laughs>
Sticks could use a longer piano. <laughs> very nice, Lyle. That was a very interesting arrangement. Cross stage now, I see the charioteers starting to flank the mic. My program notes tell me that they're going to sing a fine spiritual. Didn't old Pharaoh get lost? Well, I didn't know Farrah get lost, get lost, get lost, lost, didn't know Farrah get lost in the Red Sea. The Lord spoke unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh now, for I have hardened Pharaoh's heart, to me he will not bow. Then Moses and Aaron, to Pharaoh they did go, thus said the God of Israel, won't you let my people go, hallelujah, well, I didn't know Farrah get lost, get lost, get lost, lost, lost. didn't know Farrah get lost. Lost in the Red Sea. Lost. 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 Lost in the Red Really good. Well, that's what I've been trying to tell you, Bingo. Tempo. That's what that number had. Tempo. Well, there's all kinds of tempo, Jim. Now, here's something in a little slower tempo. No use announcing the name of the tune. The first line tips the title. Rumors are flying. That you've got me sighing That I'm in a crazy kind of a daze A lazy sort of a haze When I go walking I hear people talking They say our affair Is not just a passing phase And they whisper About the flowers I keep sending you By the dozen And they wonder About the hours That I spend with you It's got them buzzing Rumors are flying And I'm not denying that people are sure I'm falling in love with you Cause for a change, darling All the rumors are true
they whisper about the flowers I keep sending you by the dozen and they wonder about the hours that I spend with you it keeps them buzzing rumors are flying and I'm not denying that people are sure I'm falling in love with you cause for a change darling all the rumors are true very oh, good it was sweet. no wonder they named it it was no wonder they named the day and the week let me get that again <laughs> It's very good, Mr. Crosby, Thank very you. good. Thank you, James. It's no wonder they named the day in the week after you. What day in the week is that? Well, you know what day means, Bing's Day. Oh, that old thing. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he's just modest, Jimmy. You know, there's never a singer that has a day named after him. Oh, I don't know. I got a whole month named after me. Well, what month is that? November. <laughs> 30 days hath November, but uh, here we are in December. Not many days left to pick out a new Philco radio for Christmas. And you can count on one thing. This year, you've got plenty to pick from. The widest choice of new Philco models since before the war, including even those fine Philco console radios and radio phonographs. Yes, this Christmas, the big sets are back. Still in limited quantities, but sparkling with new improvements from the Philco Laboratories. Richer tone, increased power, new electronic features from Philco's war research. Stunning new cabinets, too. They look like a million in your living room. So if you want to give your family something really new and different, how could you miss with one of these fine console combinations? For teenagers, there's the one and only 1201. Just put a record in the slot and it plays. And for everybody a wide selection of brilliant new table models. Yes, give a Philco this Christmas, and you're giving a radio that's new all the way through. And it's a Philco, famous for quality the world over. Stop the music! Stop the music! Stop, Stop the, the music. music! Why did you start it, Jimmy? Bing, that's my mood music. Huh? I use it when I'm creating. What little brainchild did you come up with? Just this, Bing. What this program needs are some real old-fashioned crooners. Oh, Jimmy, crooners are a dime a dozen. Just when did the price go up? <laughs> but stand back. Listen. Okay. We played the game of stay away. But it cost more than I could pay. Without you, I can't make my way. La -dee -da -dee -dee -da -dee. Shame on you, Bing. I was supposed to sing that. Sorry. <laughs> I surrender, dear. Jimmy, in my opinion, you should not only surrender, but give reparations to boot. <laughs> Any man who would boot a reparation would give his grandmother a hot foot. <laughs> 
What's wrong with Mike Cronin anyway? Well, really nothing, Jimmy, and it throws me a thought, too. It might be a good idea for you and me to switch rackets. Meaning? Just this. I'm Crosby, the well-dressed man. An international sort of dapper down. Why, when I walk down the boulevard in my suit, it's light and airy. My bell-bottom trousers play the bells of St. Mary. <laughs> Just feel this nifty piece of gabardine. It's the finest piece of goods you'd ever see. Why, you know, just yesterday I walks out of Abercrombie and Fitch. Yes. I'm wearing my new slacks, but they was too tight. Go on. I bends over, and what happened? What happened? Abercrombie and Fitch dissolved partnership. <laughs> Lucky DVD was still doing business. Oh. I'm probably that well-dressed man. What's the Stop matter the now? What's the Stop matter? the music. That Crosby is only using one lip. <laughs> you know, Bing, what? I would like to refute categorically each and every preposterous falsification <laughs> contained in that lyric. Just what do you mean, Jimmy? I was hoping one of us would know. <laughs> anyway, Crosby, your being a well-dressed man is ridiculous. Well, Jimmy, I'm not exactly a scarecrow. Maybe not, but stay out of the cornfields. <laughs> to me we're in a bit of a cornfield right now, Jim. Before we leave, how about husking a bit of blue skies with me? I'll be glad to aquaise. Aquaise. <laughs> Let me see that. Where do you see yeah. it? Where is it? Let me see it. Where? Let me see that. <laughs> That's aquaise. I'm captain of a rowboat. You'll Where's notice, it? you'll notice I can pronounce them if they're syllabalized. <laughs> Let's take off before you fracture your epiglottis here. Blue skies shining at me. The clouds are grinning at the beginning. Nothing but blue skies do I see. I've seen a few skies, the best of blue skies. Blue birds. Technicolor sparrows. Singing a song. Nothing but blue birds all day long. It's getting monotonous. Throw me a robin. <laughs> Never saw the sun shining so bright Never saw things going so right Noticing the days hurrying by When you're in love, my, how they fly Singing Bing's day bending on it Blue it's days, all of them gone Gone, gone, nothing but blue I can't follow that Let's hawk our raincoats And our umbrellas And our galushes Let's don our sunsuits Blue skies Now above from now on Re-bop Great, great, Jimmy Thank you Well, it appears we're about at the end of the trail for tonight. We'll be back next week at the same time with some more hoopla and fall to all. I want to thank United Rexel Drugs for letting us have Jimmy Durante tonight. Next week, we'll have another guest for your approval. 
I don't know just who right now. Nobody tells me anything around here. But before I shake out in the direction of the Crosby Shack, I want to throw a reminder your way regarding Sister Kenny, a wonderful woman with a great cause. I hope you think so, too. This program is produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter, his orchestra and chorus, the Charioteers, Skitch Henderson, and the guest that Bing referred to. I'd like to know who it is, too. Anyhow, see you next week. And remember, this Christmas, give a Philco, famous for quality the world over. Gentlemen, Colgate Dental Cream presents the Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Paula Winslow, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Danton, the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing one of Harry Lauder's famous songs, The Wig Wag Wiggle of the Kilt. I'll never forget the day I went and joined the 93rd. The chums I used to run with said they thought I looked absurd. They saluted me and gathered me in a ring. And as they wagged me tar to kill, they all began to sing. He's a bra-bra, he'll a laddie, private joke McDade. There's nothing in the soldier like him in the Scotch Brigade. Reared among the heather, you can see he's Scottish built. By the wig, wig, wiggle, wiggle, waggle, oh, the kilt. Oh, I'm telling you, lads and lassies, there's nothing like the skull of the bagpipes and the wiggle of the kilt. Okay. I'll never forget the day we were ordered on review. The king came down to see us and the queen was we in two. As I marched by the royal coach, the king just shook his head. The queen put on a royal specs and looked at me and said, He's a broad, broad, highly nutty, private jock with me. There's not another soldier like him in the Scotch Brigade. 
Reared among the heather, you can see he's Scottish built by the wig, wig, wiggle, wiggle, waggle of the kilt. Oh dear, dear, he's too utterly, utterly, utterly. <laughs> he's a bra, bra, heel and laddie, brave, chuck the cage. There's nothing other soldier like him in the Scotch brigade. Reared among the heather, you can see he's Scottish built by the wig, wig, Wiggle, wiggle, waggle, oh, the kilt by the wig, wag, wag, wag. A wiggly, waggle, wiggle, oh, the kilt, hoot, mum! Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in 7 out of 10 cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, it's the dead of night now as we look in on the little town of Weaverville, nearly 10 p.m., and our young hero, Dennis Day, is walking home from a movie with his girlfriend, Mildred Anderson. The picture they've just seen has evidently affected Mildred a great deal, for only now, as they near the Anderson boarding house, does she break the silence she's maintained since they left the theater. You know something, Dennis? I've been thinking. I know, Mildred. I've been watching you and admiring. <laughs> It's that picture we just saw, the best years of our lives. Why, that could be the story of us, Dennis, of your life and mine. It could. Oh, isn't the problem Dana Andrews had the same as yours? Didn't he come home from the war and have to take a job as a soda jerk just like you? Yeah, but he can always earn $3,000 a week on the side as an actor. <laughs> that isn't what I mean, Dennis. Look at his marriage. His marriage? During the war, he got married in haste to a beautiful blonde with a gorgeous figure. When he came back and found out she wasn't his type mentally, he walked out on her. I know. Lots of things happen in the movies that don't happen in real life. <laughs> but that's just it, Dennis. Unhappy marriages happen every day in real life. One of us could turn out to be exactly like that beautiful blonde in the picture. Oh, I could never make it. <laughs> Dennis, I'm trying to get across a point. Oh. After Dana Andrews was married, he fell in love with Frederick March's daughter. The same thing might happen to you. How could it? I don't even know Frederick March's daughter. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you might meet someone you like better than me after it's too late. Oh, never. Well, how do you know? Look, tonight as we sat watching that movie, you held my hand, didn't you? I couldn't help it. Your perfume inflamed me. <laughs> All right But have you ever sat in a darkened theater balcony with anyone else? Sure 
And did you hold hands then? No. Why not? He was a fella. <laughs> Dennis, tell me the truth. How many girls have you ever gone out with? You mean all together, counting you? Yes. One. <laughs> there, you see? That's the point I've been trying to make. You can't be sure you're really, truly in love with me because you've never had an opportunity to test your love. But I don't have to test it. I'm sure of it. You can't be until you take out other girls, too. Well, I don't want to take out other girls, too, Mildred. It wouldn't be fair to you. Well, why not? Well, gee, you've got enough expenses now. <laughs> well, it might be worth it to make certain. No, Mildred. Other girls don't interest me in any way. I don't interest them. Are you sure? Have you ever tried to meet another girl? Well, I, uh, I once dropped my handkerchief in front of one on the street. <laughs> well, what happened? She picked it up and blew my nose. <laughs> oh. I guess I'm just not easy to love. Other girls don't know you like I do, Dennis. Someday that wonderful personality that's deep down inside of you will come bursting out and every woman in town will fight to get you. Gee, I hope you'll hide me till I get it back inside again. I will. Well, here we are at the house. Yes. Maybe we'd better say goodnight out here, Dennis. The folks are sleeping. All right. Mildred, I, uh, that, that perfume you're wearing, it's, it's, Mildred, could I, I mean, would you? Yes, Dennis. Would you shake hands goodnight with me? <laughs> yes, Dennis. Good night. Good night, Mildred. Chum. <laughs> Good morning, Willoughby's Drugstore. Oh, yes, Mrs. Willoughby. Huh? No, he isn't in yet. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'll have him call you the minute he gets here. Yes, ma'am. Goodbye. Morning, Dennis. Morning, Mr. Willoughby. Your wife just... Say, how come you're wearing hip boots and fishing clothes and got those two poles on your shoulder? Guess. <laughs> you're going fishing? Good boy. <laughs> Very first try. Oh, anyone could have done it. Your wife wants you to call her right away, Mr. Willoughby. She says it's very important. I kind of thought she'd be calling. That's why I'm going fishing. And I've already left, Dennis. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Trouble on the home front? Plenty. My lodge had a banquet and meeting last night. The Bald Eagles, Nest 53. <laughs> and I got home at 4 a.m. My wife didn't care particularly for the way I walked through our front door. No? No. Oh. She thinks I should have opened it first. Gosh. And that isn't all. Imagine what she'll say when she learns that we had a line of chorus girls to entertain us at the party. Women, Dennis. Yeah, I know. Chorus girls always are. <laughs> You're so right. And if memory serves, I, I got rather friendly with one of the dear creatures in a, a perfectly harmless way, of Oh, your wife wouldn't mind that. The average woman wants her man to test his love for her. Oh, really? Well, my wife happens to be well below average. <laughs> I guess I'm luckier than you that way. Undoubtedly. Now, if you'll run to the back of the store and make me up a few liverwurst sandwiches to take along, I'll be on my way. Yes, sir. I'll have them right away for you, Mr. Willoughby. Oh, my head. Why do I do these things? Hello, little bald eagle. Eep! 
<laughs> Remember me from last night, little old Dixie with the cute little Trixie? We, uh, uh, yes, uh, yes indeed. How are you, friend? Friend? That isn't what you called me last night. All right. Snuggle poo. <laughs> That's better. Remember you told me to look you up sometime? Well, here I am. Oh. Did I say that? Uh-huh. A friend of mine snapped a picture at the party last night. I thought you might like to see it. Or uh, perhaps your wife would. A uh, picture? A group picture. Mm -hmm. Just you and me, sugar. Why, that's a small group, isn't it? <laughs> Were we close together? I was sitting on your lap. That's fairly close together. <laughs> isn't it? It's such a nice picture, I want you to have it. That is... If uh... I pay for it. Oh, you're a quick one. And after all, what's $50 to a man like you? Fifty? Owning a big drugstore and all No, that. no, no, wait a minute. I, 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 I lied to you. I, I, I don't own the store at all. Huh? And I, I just work here. The, the real boss is... Say, if I put you next to a real sucker, uh, will you give me that picture? Who is he? The head of the whole drug chain. Why, 50 bucks is dirt with a guy like that. He's good for thousands. His name is Dennis Day. And he's right here in the store now. Oh, a big tycoon, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, give me the picture. Uh, well, okay. Uh, but this guy better be all you say, sugar. Oh, he is, he is. Only, don't be surprised if he seems a little puzzled or bewildered at first. He, he puts on a dopey act to fool people. <laughs> oh, that's okay, honey. I prefer him dopey. I picked you out, didn't I? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I... Oh, oh, I hear him coming. I better get out of here. Hey, good luck. Here's your sandwiches all ready for you, Mr... Why, where's Mr. Willoughby? Who cares when there's a great, big, gorgeous hunk of stuff like you around? Love bundle. Who? Me? <laughs> mm, are you a dreamboat? Come here, you beautiful stick of... Dynamite. Who? Me? I'll say you really send me Dream Man. Who? Why? Oh, now, beautiful. Is that all you can say to a girl? You can be nice. Come on, try. Would you care for a liverwurst sandwich? <laughs> Baby, can't you see this thing is too big for either of us? You're not going to fight it, are you? I don't know. Am I mad at it? <laughs> Dollface, don't you know what's happened? I think I do. My personality's burst out. I'll say it has. I was warned that someday it would. You desire me, huh? <laughs> I can't live without you, gorgeous. But I love another. At least I think I do. Say, this may be my chance to find out. Would you care to take part in a very interesting scientific test? Well, if it's with you, yes. I want you for my own darling for always and always. Be careful. This may be mere infatuation on your part, although I doubt it. <laughs> no. It's the real thing. I know it is. What do you feel for me, dearest? Amazement. 
<laughs> Is that all? I'm not so hard to take, Dreamboat. Look me over carefully. You are kind of pretty. How about my figure, lover boy? It's quite female. <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, what's this test you're talking about? Well, could you be at the Anderson boarding house around 8 tonight? We'll spend the evening just the way Mildred and I always do, listening to the radio. I'll know after that whether I love you or her. Is that all you and this Mildred do when you're home alone? Listen to the radio? Sure. When her folks are out, we can turn on any, any program we want to. Well, I uh, thought you and I might do something a little more exciting tonight, like playing games. Okay, I'll have the Parcheesi board all set up. <laughs> well, it's a date. And now can I use your phone, sweet stuff? Oh, sure. There's one in the back of the store. Mm, thanks. I'll find it. Hello. Sam, this is Dixie. Listen, I got the prize sucker of all time. Willoughby? Better. A rich kid that's never been kissed or taken. Tonight he gets both. <laughs> we pull the old badgie game, huh? Right. I'll have in my arms at the Anderson boarding house on Elm. At 825, you rush in as the angry husband. We'll shake him down for every cent he's got. <laughs> great, kid, great. I'll be there at 825 and a dot. Bye-bye. Did you get your party okay? Oh, yes. I told my old gray-haired mother I'd be home a little late. Well, <laughs> till tonight, brown eyes, you and I, all alone. Gee, say, I don't even know your name. It's Dixie, honey. And after tonight, you'll remember it for a long, long time. <laughs> Good night, you beautiful hunk of... Gosh, Mildred may be right. These may be the best years of my life. <laughs> Hello? Yes, Mrs. Willoughby? No, ma'am. He left for the mountains ten, year, ten minutes ago. <laughs> ma'am? No, he left for the mountains ten minutes ago to go fishing and he hasn't come back yet. What? Ooh, what you said. Huh? Oh, in case he calls, you'll be at Mrs. Anderson's house? Okay, Mrs. Willoughby, I'll tell him. Bye, Mrs. Willoughby. Gee, was she mad. I'm going to wash out my ears with soap. <laughs> Borrow my husband? Why, Grace Willoughby, what on earth do you want with Herbert? Remember the Bon Ton department store contest? Yes. Well, a refrigerator was the prize for the best 25 words from a husband and wife on why I shop at the Bon Ton. Well, I won. They notified me this morning. Oh, how wonderful. What did you send in? Well, I couldn't seem to think of anything brilliant, so I just wrote, if we win, we will pay our bill. They seem to like it. <laughs> well... What's Herbert got to do with all this? Well, the Bon Ton wants a picture of the winning husband and wife. No picture, no refrigerator. And where's my husband? Off fishing. Well, can't they wait till he gets home? The photographer's coming tonight so they can get out the publicity tomorrow. That's why I need Herbert. But everyone at the Bon Ton knows Herbert, and they'll... Wait a minute. How about Dennis Day? Dennis Day? Who'd believe I'm married to him? Besides, he'd blab it all over town. Well, don't tell him what the picture's for. Flatter him into having it taken with you. Flatter him? Yes. You stay to dinner and tell the photographer to come over here right afterwards. 
And if he walks in and finds Dennis with his arms around you, he'll believe you two are married. Well, I'll try it, but it's an awful thing to go through just to keep food cold. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, would you say I have a lure? A lure, Dennis? Yes, for one of the opposite sex. For instance, say a woman. Well, you do look rather ravishing in your new Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, last night, Mildred told me other women would go for me, and today, in the store, one did. And tonight at dinner, Mrs. Willoughby kept staring at me so strangely. Maybe there's something irresistible about the way you chew. I don't think that's it. Oh, no? Well, what then? I'm afraid I'm a femme fatale. Well... <laughs> I doubt if you're the type, Dennis. However, oh, I... Oh, there you are, Dennis. Herbert, we'll go upstairs. I believe Mrs. Willoughby wants to be alone with Dennis. See, Mr. Anderson, you better stay. You're right, Dennis. I'm staying. Herbert? So long, Dennis. I'm leaving. <laughs> Come along, Herbert. Lead the way, oh, dream eternal. <laughs> well, here we are, all alone. I guess you know that I like you a great deal, Dennis. Well, here we go again. Oh, but I do. But you shouldn't, Mrs. Willoughby. You've got to fight it. Fight it? You're a married woman. You promise to love, honor, and cherish Mr. Willoughby. Start cherishing. Uh, why, Dennis, you seem to be under a false impression. I don't feel about you in that way at all. You mean you're not in love with me? No. Is that possible? It is. I think of you only as a, as a very dear friend. Well, what do you know? And I hoped you felt the same way toward me, Dennis, because uh, there's a little favor you could do for me, if you would. Oh, sure, gladly. Well, I want to have our pictures snapped together for sentimental reasons. Okay, you get a picture of you, and I'll get one of me, and we'll snap them together. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like a picture of the two of us taken together. Oh, well, I guess that can be arranged. Oh, good, you have no idea how worried... Oh, someone at the door, I better no, go... No, and... don't get up. I know who it is. It's someone I've been expecting. Put your arms around me, quick. Huh? I said, put your arms around me. Mrs. Willoughby, I'm getting that false impression again. Dennis, will you stop arguing and kiss me? Kiss you? Yes. Put your lips to mine and yell, come in. <laughs> it won't come out very clear. Oh. Oh, well, for goodness sakes. All right, I'll answer it. Hello, I'm from the Bonton Department Store. Uh, Mrs. Willoughby told me to come to this address and take a picture, that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. My husband's in the next room. Will you follow me, please? Dennis, uh, this gentleman is a photographer. Boy, you sure are a woman of action. Well, I'm ready. You, huh? I thought you'd be a much older man. Me? Oh, no, I've never been any older than this. <laughs> Would you make this just as fast as you can, please? We haven't got much time. Yes, ma'am, I'm all set. Put your arms around her, sir, and hold her as close as possible. But isn't that kind of intimate? Sure, that's the idea. But suppose my girlfriend sees it. What'll she think? Well, Dennis, we won't worry about that. Say, you're really broad-minded, lady. <laughs> Please, let's just get on with the picture. We don't have very much... Oh, Come in. Dennis, darling. Dixie. A am I late? Who's she? Another girlfriend of mine, a different one. Why ain't my family like this? <laughs> Dream boy, 
Let's get rid of all these characters and listen to that radio. Well, I like that. Who's this old moose, gorgeous? Dixie, please. This old moose happens to be my boss's wife. Well, just take me in your arms, honey, and tell her to beat it. Why, how dare you? I need Dennis, and I want him. He's mine. I saw him first. You did no such thing. I've known him for months. Well, I won't give him up. Gee, I'll never go out in public again without a mask on. (laughs) Dennis, tell this woman that you're mine. Dennis, tell her you're mine. I belong to all women, everywhere. (laughs) What would a sweet, intelligent boy like this want with a woman like you, anyway? All I know is he's gorgeous, and I want him. Well, he's much too fine a person to be fought over like this. Yeah, I'm too fine a... You shut up. (laughs) Excuse me. This kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> I won't give this boy up, and that's final. Nor will I. I mean every word of it. What is all this noise I've been hearing? Dennis Day, come here. I'm sorry, Mrs. Anderson, but you'll have to wait your turn. <laughs> Well, I have... Dennis! Mildred. Hey, bud, you're going to get in trouble. you got a monopoly. <laughs> Why, what does all this mean, Dennis? Mildred, it isn't my fault, honest. I've inflamed the mad desires of two women and they can't control themselves. Dennis, you mean you... We should have sold tickets. <laughs> Gosh, it must be Sam. Aha, you homewrecker. So I find you in a lonely rendezvous with... With... With two men and four women? <laughs> no, you, Sam, we're out of luck. Let's get out of here. Well, I'll say, come on. I'm leaving, too. I should figure who's married to who in this setup. <laughs> well, there goes my refrigerator, thanks to Dennis Day. Me? Mrs. Willoughby, what I you... shall speak to my husband about you, young man. Good night. Mrs. Anderson, what did she... Don't bother me. I'm going to bed. Mildred, what are they all... Two women? Oh, you beast, you cat. I never want to see you again. Mildred, I... Oh, gosh. Well, I might as well go to bed, too. In fact, there's nothing else I can do. I think my personality went in again. Dennis Day will be back in just a moment with a song, but first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And that's important, as our Colgate players are going to demonstrate for you. Our curtain goes up on a young man who has just had a door slammed in his face and who is now getting similar rough treatment from none other than Dan Cupid. Well, no use hanging around a door that's been slammed in your face, bud. No use me hanging around either. Oh, wait a sec, Dan. Give me the pitch. Your girl gave you that when she slammed the door in your face, pal. Your language of love, bud, she said scram. But how come both you and Mary dropped me like a hot potato? Come on, Cupid, give. Okay, careless, here it is. Your girl's gone and I'm going. Because you ought to have a serious talk with your dentist. And here's what Bud found out. Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream's safe polishing agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth, cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath 
while it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely, for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Here's Dennis Day with Charles Dant in the orchestra to sing Life Can Be Beautiful. Life can be beautiful How do I It's new, it's amazingly different. Not a liquid, not a soap, but an utterly new cream shampoo that leaves hair soft, radiant, glamorous, and also easy to manage. It's Luster Cream Shampoo created by Kay Dumit, who combined rich lanolin with secret ingredients. Use Luster Cream Shampoo and see how soft, how naturally lovely, how brilliantly alive and well-behaved your hair can be. Ask for Luster Cream Shampoo at cosmetic counters. This is Vern Smith speaking and reminding you ladies to keep on saving cooking fats and oils. Use and reuse them as often as you can, and when they're no longer usable, save them in tin cans and turn them into your dealer. He'll pay you more for your used fats. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. From Hollywood, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle presents The Mel Blanc Show. Need sharpening. I've got to take it to Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. My wife's percolator top is cracked. I've got to take it to Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Oh, my stocking has a run in it. I've got to take it to Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. My wife's going to have a baby. i got to take it to, uh, to the hospital. From Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you Mel Blanc in his own Fix-It Shop with Mary Jane Croft, Earl Ross, Joe Kearns, Victor Miller and his orchestra, and Mel himself playing those delightful characters Zookie and Dr. Crab. 
the star of our show, Mel Blanc. It's a lovely autumn morning in Mel Blanc's town, population 7,500. <laughs> Pardon me, population 7,501. <laughs> the postman, Mr. Snoop, is making his morning rounds. The baker, Mr. Brown, is putting his rolls in the window. And in Mel Blanc's fix-it shop, Mel is just about finished fixing Druggist Simpson's penny-weighing machine. Is the weighing machine all fixed, nephew? Uh, yeah, Uncle Rupert. I believe I'll try it. Hmm, must be something wrong. Why, what does it say you weigh? Seventeen pounds. Uh, do I look that thin? Why don't you read the fortune anyway? Oh, yeah. If you are a woman, you'll marry a man. <laughs> if you are a man, you'll marry a woman. If you are married, try another penny. <laughs> oh, I forgot to push this lever up. Now I'll try it again. Oh, that's better. One hundred and twenty pounds. What's the fortune this time? You are kind, understanding, friendly, considerate, gentle, and you make enemies too easily. <laughs> oh, here comes that gossipy pipsqueak of a postman, Mr. Snoop. I'll go out for a walk, Melvin, if you don't mind. Okay, Uncle Rupert. Hello, Roop. Goodbye, Snoop. <laughs> Howdy, Mel. Hello, Mr. Snoop. Uh, got a letter for me? Nope. Do you expect me to write you one? Oh, I didn't mean a letter from you Oh, well, just a second here Oh, first of all, I want you to mend my mailbag It's all bursted out to the seams Oh, sure, I can do that in a minute uh, Any mail for me? Well, now, let me see here Hodgkins, 805 North Elm Drives Blodgett, 807 uh, That's the third notice Blodgett's got from the library Why don't you return that book? You know, I got a good mind to go up to Blodgett Any mail for me? <laughs> oh, oh, let me see here Simpkins, 809. Ooh, very interesting postcard. Dear Joe, if you've got any more... Excuse me for saying so, Mr. Snoop. <laughs> but I thought postal employees weren't allowed to read the mail. Mm, well, that's right, Mel. Well, you ain't no employee. You read it for me. <laughs> Look, Mr. Snoop, any mail for me... Now, stop poking around my letters. If there's anything I hate, it's nosy people. Let me see, Potter, 811. Oh, I say mail. Mail? No, mail. Uh, <laughs> how about buying two tickets to the postman's ball Saturday night, huh? Only a dollar apiece. Well, I'd like to, Mr. Snoop, but I gave my last five bucks to my uncle. I don't have a cent. Mm. Well, here's your mailbag, all stitched. Uh, what's the charge? Oh, nothing. Gosh, I sure could use two bucks for the tickets. I'd take Betty, and for once, we wouldn't have to spend the evening in her parlor. What's the charge? Nothing. I'd dance with Betty, then I'd go out in the veranda and hold her in my arms. And then I'd kiss her and hug her. Uh, what's the charge? Two dollars, and I'll take the tickets. Hello, Betty. Gee, you sure look beautiful. Yeah. All dressed up and no place to go. What do you mean, all dressed up and no place to go? Why, I'll take you to the... Uh... Well, uh, how about, uh... Well, 
I'll take you home and you can change your clothes. Oh, that's it. We never go anywhere. We spend every evening in my parlor. No wonder Father feels the way he does about it. Well, I hate sitting in the parlor just as much as your father does. You do? Yeah, that love seat isn't big enough for the three of us. <laughs> well, anyway, Betty, I've got good news. We won't be spending this Saturday night in the parlor. I've got two tickets to the postman's ball. Oh, Mel, this is awful. Because this is one Saturday night I won't be able to be with you. But, Betty, why not? Well, Daddy's expecting... Oh, wait a minute. Here comes Daddy himself. I'll, I'll let him tell you. Hello, Mr. Colby. Uh... <laughs> what did you say, Mr. Colby? <laughs> yes, it is a lovely day, isn't it? Uh, Mr. Colby, may I take your daughter to the postman's ball Saturday night? <clears throat> No, huh? <laughs> but why not, Mr. Colby? <coughs> well, that isn't much of a reason. What? I mean... Oh, now, listen here, you dimwit. I'm expecting a very important man for dinner this Saturday night. Betty's got to prepare dinner for him and then entertain him. You're making a regular nightclub out of your place, aren't you? Mel. This Mr. Fisher can help me a great deal with my supermarket. He's president of the Acme Portuguese Sardine Company. And do you know anything more impossible than getting Portuguese sardines? Yeah, getting the sardines out of the can. Oh. <laughs> People come to my supermarket all day and say, do you have Portuguese sardines? Do you have Portuguese sardines? And all day I say, no, no, no. Well, I can't stand it. I can't stand it, you hear? Mr. Colby, let go of my neck. Oh. I'm not a sardine. Oh. <laughs> well, if this Mr. Fisher is so important, you should really be alone with him to close the deal. So why don't I take Betty out to the dance? Betty stays home Saturday night. Well, what about me? Well, you can go to... Go to the dance. <laughs> well, thanks for changing your mind, Mr. Colby. I haven't changed my mind. Now, listen, Mel. If you show up at my house or within five blocks of my house Saturday night, I'll... Well, I'll... Don't say any more. I've got an imagination. All right, then use it. Come on, Betty. Well, I'll, I'll be with you in just a minute. Well, goodbye, Mr. Colby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a nice day, isn't it? Oh, gosh, Betty, this is awful. I sure killed our Saturday night date. This was going to be once we wouldn't spend it in your parlor. Oh, Mel, you know Father. Father talks big. Betty, Father is big. <laughs> now, Mel, you listen to me. I'm inviting you to the house Saturday night, and if you don't show up, you don't have to show up ever again. Goodbye. Bye. Gosh, Betty's father says no, Betty says yes. Oh, I'm just the pickle in the middle. <laughs> Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder. You know, anyone can be the victim of a little breath of trouble. I mean, unpleasing breath. It happens to thousands without their knowing. Marks them down socially. Makes them unhappy. So be on your guard. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate tooth powder. For Colgate tooth powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate tooth powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate tooth powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate tooth powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth 
Saturday night. Mel still doesn't know whether he's going to use those tickets to the postman's ball. Betty says Mel had better come up to the house or else. And Betty's father, who is trying to get a shipment of Portuguese sardines, says Mel had better not show up or else. Anyway, right now Mel is in his fix-it shop talking to Betty's little brother Axelrod, who has just entered the shop. Well, what's new, Axelrod? Gosh, Mel, is my father mad at you? Well, how do you know? Did your father say anything about me, uh, personally? Well, I didn't hear anything. You didn't? No. Of course, whenever he starts to talk about you, he makes me leave the room. Mm. Well, how about Betty? Same way. While she was preparing dinner, she kept talking to the chicken and calling it Mel. Well, that shows how much she loves me. She said to the chicken, if you don't come up tonight, I'll... Well, then what'd she say? Nothing. She just dropped it in the boiling water. Oh. Well, so long, Mel. Oh, so long, Axelrod. Gosh, what a mess this is. If I don't go to Betty's house, I'm a boiled chicken. If I do, I'm a dead duck. <laughs> Uncle Rupert, I can't figure out why Mr. Colby doesn't like me. Well, you read the fortune on your card. You are kind, gentle, observant, tolerant, and you make enemies too easily. Well, you mean I should try to make a friend of Mr. Colby? My boy, when I first met your aunt, I said to myself, I must make a friend of that woman. What happened? That was the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> Maybe I ought to try it anyway. Why don't I go up there to Mr. Colby and be uh -oh. as nice... Here comes that pompous Mr. Cushing, the president of your lodge. Well, hello, Brother Mel. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. <laughs> Greetings, mighty potentate. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. <laughs> well... <laughs> Just stopped in for a second to remind you about the next meeting of the Benevolent Order of Loyal Zebras. I'll do my best to make it, mighty potentate. It's an honor for you to ask me personally. Oh, not at all. I like to get around among my zebras. <laughs> Say, why are you moping around like this? Why, when I was a young man, do you know what Saturday night meant to me? I already took a bath, Mr. Cushing. <laughs> You, you wouldn't understand. Well, I can see you don't want to talk, so I'll say so long. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Well, now, wait a minute. Anyone who gives the password like that is a worried zebra. <laughs> now, tell me, what's wrong? Well, I wanted to take Betty to the postman's ball, and Mr. Colby wouldn't let me because he's entertaining the president of the Acme Portuguese Sardine Company. And he oh, wants you, Betty to... You don't mean Mr. Fisher, do you? Yeah, do you know him? Why, of course, and you should too. Fisher's the Grand Wizard of the Jennings Junction Order of Loyal Zebras. We are both Imperial Caliphs on the Executive Council. You mean I'm his fellow zebra? Hmm. I'm his lodge brother? That's right. Go on up there and tell him so, and uh, mention my name. Oh, but Mr. Colby said... Oh, Colby won't touch you with Fisher there. Fisher's a swell guy. A man I'm proud to call a zebra. Well, so long, Mel. Just give Fisher the old password. Aga, aga, boo, aga, boo, boo, aga. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo. Ugga. <laughs> oh, Uncle. Uncle Rupert. Yes, nephew? Uh, watch your shop, will you? I'm going to Betty's house, and I've got to go upstairs to change. Just a second, Melvin. Here comes Dr. Crabb. Well, you take care of the dog, Doctor, will you, Uncle? I'll be right down. All right. Good old Dr. Crabb. He's been taking care of dogs so long, he even talks like one. Ah, good evening, my good dog, Doctor. Good evening to you, Rupert. 
I've been walking quite a bit, and I'm thirsty. <laughs> Could I have a pan of water? <laughs> Why, sure. Say, Christopher, don't some people think it's funny when they hear you sound like a dog? I don't believe so, Rupert, except maybe that man at the newsstand on the corner. What did he do? I bought a paper from him, and he put it in my mouth. <laughs> Don't tell me you carry the paper home in your mouth. You know a better way? <laughs> this is Saturday night, Christopher. We're supposed to be closed, you know. I know, but I thought I'd talk to Mel about a special lock from my kennels. My little terrier tried to run away. Really? Oh, yeah, but I caught him. I said to him, <laughs> and he said, <laughs> and then I said, <laughs> and he said, <laughs> I tell you, that dog is sensational. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Well, he understood every word I said. <laughs> well, thanks for the water, Roop. My throat feels better already. <clears throat> well, I'm beginning to sound like myself again. <laughs> Bye, Rupert. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Good old Dr. Kraft. Well, I'm ready, Uncle Rupert. Uh, you can get Zuki to help you take care of the shop. Well, wish me luck. Good luck, my boy. And it's very late. You'd better hurry if you want to make the dance. So shake a leg. What do you mean, shake a leg? I'm shaking all over. Oh, everything's working out just fine with Mr. Fisher, Betty. That's good. Yes, he loved the dinner. Said it was the softest chicken he'd ever had. <laughs> How right he was. Eh? Oh, well, anyway. Now to carry out the rest of my plan. I'm going to get into a card game with him and let him win some money from me. Let him win money from you? Daddy, is that proper? Proper schmopper. I want those sardines. <laughs> if he wins some money from me, he'll be in the right mood. He... Uh-oh, here he comes now. <laughs> Mr. Fisher. <laughs> oh, uh, do you indulge in games of chance? <laughs> well, uh, sometimes I do, yes. Ah, good. <laughs> Then how about a game of sardines? Oh, I mean, uh... You'd rub it. I'm sorry, Mr. Colby, but I don't like to play cards. You don't like to play cards. Well, how about Pachisi? Uh, Monopoly? Uh, Axelrod, you got any chalk? We can even play Potsy. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mr. Colby. Very obliging of you. But as a matter of fact, there is one game that I do play. But I warn you, I'm very good at it. <laughs> That's checkers. Checkers? Oh, very good at it, eh? <laughs> Axelrod, get the board and the checkers. Okay, Dan. <laughs> Nothing like a good, rousing game of checkers, I always say. Eh, Betty? <laughs> oh, I wonder who that can be. Oh, never mind. I'll open it. Hello, Mr. Cole. Oh! <laughs> who was that? Oh, uh, just a salesman selling vacuum cleaners. <laughs> well, let him in. They're very hard to get. <laughs> no! But it wasn't a salesman, somebody I don't know, a Portuguese. Oh, I mean an Eskimo. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I'll get it. Hello, everybody. Oh, hello, Mel. Mel, this is Mr. Fisher. Mr. Fisher, this is my fiancé, Mel Blank. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Mr. Fisher. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. What? Well, what do you know? A brother zebra. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Mr. Colby, Mr. Fisher and I are friends. Friends. 
Oh, I see. <clears throat> Mr. Fisher, here's the checkerboard and the checkers. Uh, now, Mr. Uh, Cushing uh, sent you his regards, Mr. Fisher. Cushing? Oh, that's the real estate man. Oh, a great fella. <laughs> you know, and our last executive counsel, he put on a lampshade and imitated Hedda Hopper. I said, you never lamp for Well, you don't have to shout, though. Yeah, you don't have to shout, old man. I mean, uh, here's the checkerboard all set up. <laughs> now, Mr. Fisher, how about playing a game for, say, uh, five dollars, huh? Well, that's okay with me. But I warn you, I'm a wizard at this. <laughs> Do you mind if I kib it? Mm. Well, why don't no, you... No, no, uh... not at all, Brother Zebra. But you better help Mr. Colby there, because I won't need it. <laughs> okay, there's my move. Hmm, very interesting. <laughs> I'm trapped already. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Mr. Colby. Here's a move you can make. Uh, Mel, why don't you close that window from the outside? <laughs> well, Mr. Colby, I might fall out of the window and break my neck. Well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> well, Mel, move for me. Oh, very good. Sort of puts me on the defensive. Uh -huh. I'll try this. Okay, here's our move. And here's mine. That's just what we were waiting for, Mr. Colby. Uh -huh. Now you jump this, and this, oh. and this, and this, oh. and that's the game. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, isn't it wonderful? Well, Mr. Colby, that's... $30 I owe you. <laughs> and without my kibitzing, you wouldn't have won at all, Mr. Colby. Well, I know it, and believe me, I won't forget it. Mr. Fisher, how would you like to play one game for $30? Win or lose all, I say. Well, that's a game sport, Mr. Colby. I'll take you on. <laughs> and I'll help you again, Mr. Colby. Mm. Oh, uh, uh, Mel, what's the name of that Chinese laundryman down the street? Oh, you mean so long? What'd you say? So long. Oh, too bad you have to go so soon. So long, man. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, Mr. Colby. Stop pushing. Oh, come now. Quiet down, everybody. I move. There. Oh, Mel. Uh, not now, Betty. Uh-uh, Mr. Colby. Here's the move to make. Oh, uh, Mr. Fisher, next time you have an executive meeting, invite me down. Mm -hmm. I do imitations, too. Did you ever hear Bugs Bunny? Uh, listen to this. <coughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> You know, I can't even keep my mind on the game. <laughs> well, here's a knife. Go and cut yourself. <laughs> Very funny. Well, I think that $120 are quite enough to owe any man, Mr. Colby. So I'm going to call it quits. There's your money. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, what's the matter, Mr. Colby? You're not taking this very well. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Colby is what is known as a sore winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you certainly are a card, Brother Zebra. A card? He's the whole deck. <laughs> well, good night, and believe me, it's been a pleasure. Well, good night, Mr. Fisher. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr. Colby... Let me say this for you. Everywhere I'm invited, 
people get into checker games with me and purposely let me win. Do? Uh, you know you're the first man who ever had guts enough to beat me. I admire you. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way I feel, Brother Zebra. And uh, by the way, Mr. Colby, I just got in a large order of Portuguese sardines. Now, I don't know whether you know this or not, but... They're almost impossible to get. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, but Mr. Colby, you told me. Well. That... <laughs> well, you call me in the morning, Mr. Colby, and you let me know how many you want. <laughs> so now, good night, and uh agaboo, agaboo, boo, aga. What a night, what a night. Mail blank! Yes? <laughs> Go and take Betty to the dance. Oh, Thanks, Daddy. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Come on, Betty. Betty, this is the first Saturday night we won't be spending in the parlor. Oh, gosh, won't we have fun. This ticket good for one admission to the post... Mel. What's the matter, Betty? These tickets are for next Saturday night. Next Saturday night? Uh-oh. Back to the parlor again. <laughs> Young man, whether you're calling on a customer or calling on your best girl, remember this. A little breath of trouble, unpleasing breath, can quickly mark you down. So be on your guard. Do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Oh, Melvin. Yes, Uncle Rupert. Will you please sign this check? Well, what's it for? For $25. But, Uncle, we don't owe that much money to anybody. This is for the community chest drive. Oh, we owe them everything we can afford. Give me that pen. Good night, folks. <laughs> This is Bud Easton reminding you that Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath of sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blank Show every Tuesday at this time. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you meet in Mel Blank's Fix-It Shop. Say hello to Halo Shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap film. But Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather, quickly banishes loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. The Mel Blanc Show was written by David Victor and Herb Little Jr. and was produced and directed by Joe Ryan. The Columbia Broadcasting System.